This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2GoGo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that will help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO2GoGo.com slash start. Hello and welcome to episode 143 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Elgott. And on this podcast, we interview writers, directors, agents, casting directors, managers, voiceover actors. We've added people from all over the uh, artistic spectrum. Not autistic spectrum, artistic spectrum. <laughs> I was going to say something. And we uh, <laughs> package it up into this uh, little thing we call a podcast and throw it up on the internet for our lovely listeners and for the acting community at large. And we're two dudes that just really just decided to start a podcast because we wanted a good excuse to sit down with the people that we wanted to talk to without having to pay for it or somehow finagle something. We wanted everybody to get a win out of it. And so that's all that this podcast really is. It's, it's us hearing about people's journeys, about what worked and what didn't, and then kind of connecting the, the common themes and, and the common threads. So if you hear something on the show that you agree with or that you disagree with, we'd love to hear from you. InsideActingPodcast.com And on this episode, we've got part three of Trevor's interview with actor David Kagan. So stick around for that. So what's up, dude? Rock and roll. That's what's up. Um, <laughs> I would say that my my big piece of news is about two hours after we stopped recording last week, I ended up booking a, a pretty big voiceover gig. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And it was it was so like random because I, I first of all I don't have a voiceover agent right now. Um, I do have the reel that I made with you, which I'm so f- forever grateful for. My manager is is friends with some casting directors who happen to do voiceover stuff. And there's this one casting director who has asked for my stuff. Uh, this would be the second time. Uh, so nothing came, nothing came of it the first time. But this time I, I did a, a, an audition. It was, it was very generic because they, I guess they didn't want people to know what it was for. Then I got a, like three weeks later, I got a callback, I guess you'd call it, where they asked me to re-record a different script. And that one had the brand in it. And then about a week and a half later, I got a call from my manager and she said I, I had booked it. It was really intimidating and nerve-wracking because I, I ended up recording like a couple days after that. And I'm here in New York, and the director and writer and and sound engineer were in St. Louis. Wow! So wow. they 
they work with a specific studio here in here in New York that I, I, I went to and they connect via ISDN. The engineer on this side just basically acts as a babysitter, his words, not mine. And and I, I went into the booth and all I could do I, all I could do is hear them. I couldn't see them and they were giving me direction, you know, auditorially. And one of the things that I was really grateful for being in the booth there was the Heather's album recording hmm. because these terms that they were using these like voiceover glossary terms I wouldn't have known them had it not been for that experience this is yeah. one of those examples of like everything happens for a reason yeah it, 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 it was amazing how it all worked out that's cool man can you can you talk about what this is for or what the brand is or is that still you know, under wraps no I didn't sign an NDA and there's nothing on my contract about it so it's for Scott Trade oh cool yeah, online be, trading yeah, yeah service mm-hmm. and how how long were you in the studio for about an hour about an, actually actually it was about two hours because I recorded for about an hour and then they they I took a break because they were like just give us 15 minutes we're gonna punch something together they edited together like a a, a rough cut basically of it and they they did that and then they had me go back into the studio to re-record a few things here and there and so cool yeah so i was there for about an hour and 45 minutes all told is this a like a like a radio spot or a tv spot or what i don't know what they're going to use it for because on my contract they they paid for two years of tv radio internet and one other thing in terms of usage Right. So, the director, the writer director, said that it was going to be shipping in the next week or so. So I think I'll whatever it is, I'll find out very soon. <laughs> uh, cool. And 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 I'll get back to you and our and our listeners about that. Very cool, man. That's really awesome, dude. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. It was really random. Like I keep sort of stumbling upon this this voiceover thing yeah. Yeah, i was gonna you know, say between having, between this and and the apple gig you did a couple apple spots on the website yeah apple's website I and mean, it's kind of cool how it's just uh you're building up a nice uh, portfolio for yourself those are two pretty big clients it does actually seem kind of unreal it seems very strange especially since even when they go live no one's necessarily going to know that it's me it's like I've heard Wendy's commercials for a really long time, but I didn't know that was Brian Norris until he came on the podcast and talked about the fact that it was him. And so now when I hear Wendy's commercial, I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it, that's Brian. I can recognize his voice now. So it was already a surreal experience, the fact that I booked it kind of out of, uh, out of nowhere, let alone that no one's going to know that it's me, myself included, <laughs> until, until, <laughs> I, until yeah. I find it. You know, I really wish there was some sort of thing built in where they had to give you a copy of the commercial or, or somehow keep you looped in on the, the production process or progress. It's really interesting that you say that, actually, because my manager made it a point in our emails about the, the gig. She was like, do what you can. It's really hard for, she said, it's really hard for me and agents to get the footage these days, or footage. What's it called when it's, when it's 
a voiceover reel? I think is it. They, I think they refer to it as tape. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So I actually I think she may have even said that in her email. Now that I, now that I think back, um, she said it's really hard for the eight, the the actual reps to get the tape. Maybe you can just be charming and you know ask them <laughs> towards <laughs> towards the end of the thing. And I was like, uh, okay, so you're basically putting it in my hands. I'll see what I can do. And I did. I at the end of the thing. After we were done recording, basically, I was like, hey, I, like, I don't know if this is like uncouth for me to ask, but might it be possible for me to... And they said, absolutely. And that after it, it goes live, they're going to they're gonna work with Sandy to get me, uh, my manager, to get me a copy. Wow. So, that's, that's cool. So what, what, will be, what will be the next step there? Are you going to email them? Or are they going to email you? Or I think they'll probably be in contact with her because okay. they're still dealing with like contract stuff and and... and all. They're, they're still in communication. Really, really random, and also makes me th- makes me wonder: like, should I should I be pushing really hard for a voiceover agent? Because this is like it, it keeps knocking on my door, you know. And it's not something that that I really put a lot of focus on. But at the same time, I don't want to say exactly how much, but I made a lot of money in that hour and forty five minutes worth of work. Yeah. Yeah, especially for it being an hour and forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah, you know, because it's 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 voiceover. I don't know. It's yeah, no, it pays it, more it, to come. It, it pays really well, man. I, I a couple months ago, I don't know if I talked about this, but I did um, the English track for this Spanish horror film called uh, "Here Comes the Devil." It, it's won a bunch of awards in Spain, and um, uh, and they you know they they have like a on a DVD you can like basically switch the track and you have like the English actors doing the lines that are sort of matching up with the mouth of the actors in the movie. So one of those deals and I did the English track for one of the characters and I was in the studio for an hour and 40 minutes and I made stupid amounts of money <laughs> for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And I was like, this is criminal, man. Like, I mean, it was a lot, it was an intense hour and 40 minutes. I had like 290 prompts, but when I was done, I was like, okay, so let me do the math here. Like per hour. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. So it's it's a nice gig if you can get into that circle. Yeah, well, and that's the that's the that's the thing is like this th- these all, all these things have happened because of surprise surprise relationships, mm. which is obvious. I'm being sarcastic. It's not a surprise at all. But at the same time, like I'm wondering if I should be spending the time and the energy to pursue finding an agent and making sure that I've got everything that I need to do the record, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I have one more thing. I have one more thing I want to say about this uh, because of the amount of money that, that, I, that it made. We bought a piece of audio equipment so that Trevor and I could record remotely when I moved to New York and I could do interviews here in New York. Um, when we find New York-based guests. That piece of equipment was purchased because of the our only revenue stream right now, which is, or our main revenue stream right now, which is uh, listener donations. And it's not even really a revenue stream because, as you all know, we put it right back into the podcast. So I would like to put this out there. If any listener in the next, let's say, month, donates 50 to a hundred dollars to the podcast and then makes a note in their 
in their donation of a charity or charitable organization that they that they like like if there's some some charity organization that you're involved with or some charity organization that is concerned with an issue that you're really concerned about just put it in the notes and i will match the donation that you give to the podcast to that charitable organization um i think it's only i think it's only right based on the fact that the piece of equipment i used to record my audition for this voiceover gig was basically bought for the podcast for through listener donations and i just happened to you know commandeer it for this for this one audition um it's the only time i've used it for a non-podcast related thing yeah anywhere from 50 to 100 dollars donation to the podcast i'll i'll match it to any charity charity organization that that you choose just put it put it in the notes when you when you go to to make the donation that's awesome man well something i've been hearing a lot about um in the in the world of not even just personal finance but just the world of being a decent human being is is the idea of tithing of taking 10 percent of all your income and just giving it back just honoring you know whether you're spiritual or not honoring the source of that abundance in your life by giving a portion back to the world and putting that back out and the idea is not only to to just be in contribution but also that um that that energy creates more of it in your life mm-hmm. and if we get into the the kind of vibrational quality as it were of of contribution um every time that we receive it's uh it creates it creates the kind of world we all want to live in so um i really really am in love with what you're doing there that's awesome man uh i have not heard it referred to as tithing outside of a religious context but i really really like that you're kind of blowing my mind right now like i I feel like i'm 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 trying to figure out how exactly i would like if it would if it would go to a charity or do i give it to i guess it really doesn't matter as long as it goes out back out into the world like you were saying yeah i mean tithing is is essentially just um, the the word actually means to to take like basically get back a tenth of your of your income so it's in theory, it's ten percent of what you receive, but it could be you know if, if you're strapped for cash or whatever, it could be one percent, it could be five, it could be anything that you want to play with. I think the important thing is that you just consciously contribute um, and practice that. And I, I even started. Uh, I, I have an ING Direct account, which has now turned into a Capital One three hundred and sixty account, just because Capital One bought out ING. And I mm-hmm. actually set up a giving account in there. So I transfer a percentage of my income into this giving account. And I just kind of hang on to it until the appropriate thing comes up. And sometimes it's a charitable organization. Sometimes it's somebody's Kickstarter campaign. Sometimes it's a family member or a friend who needs a little bit of support. And then I'm right there with a, a chunk of money that's been accruing to just be like, here, my gift to you. Bam. And it feels really good, man. It feels really, really good to do that. That's awesome. I... uh I'm I'm going to investigate and see see if my bank does something like that and and otherwise right now my my main source of income being uh Heather's is is very steady so you know I don't really need to do the math or I I mean I could do the math really easily in terms of what 10% would be but just the you know finding out figuring out where it's where it's going to go and 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 how I'm 
I'm really excited about this. <laughs> cool, man. Cool, cool. Okay, so ask and you shall receive. We actually got a few voicemails into the podcast recently. We talked about this one on the last episode and just ran out of time. So this is from Matt in San Diego. I just recently subscribed to you guys. I think you guys are awesome. You guys did a fantastic job of interviewing, and um, I find it really inspiring. Um, Anyways, I have recently come to the conclusion that um, I've been suppressing my desire to act for my entire life, basically, and listening to a voice inside my head that's telling me that, you know, I can't do it, I shouldn't do it, I'll never make, you know, be successful, I'll never make money. And I basically come to the conclusion that that's a bunch of bullshit and I just need to live my truth. And so my question to you guys is, you know, I'm 27, I live in San Diego, I don't have a SAG card, I don't really want to go to a hacking college. I'm wondering, what should I do? How should I start? I really want to do film. It's a big desire of mine to be uh, behind the camera or in front of the camera. <laughs> so I'm just hoping that you guys can give me some basic advice and maybe inspire me a little bit too. So anyways, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate it. You guys do a great job. Awesome. Where where did he say he was from? San Diego. San Diego. Okay, cool. Oh, so I not- wonder. I wonder where in San Diego because I have a lot of I have a lot of family there. Yeah, uh, yeah, you do, and and family who's actually involved with the theater community there. So, uh, Matt, uh, shoot us an email to the podcast. Let us know where where in San Diego you're at. Yeah, because one of the one of the first things, I think one of the most important parts of of having success with anything is just surrounding yourself with the right people, uh, people who are Absolutely. driven and, and excited and enthusiastic and positive and and uh, and working towards something specific. I think that's mm-hmm. huge. That's huge. Yeah. Um, awesome question, uh, a big question, but, uh, what are your thoughts, dude, right off the bat, as far as like first steps for somebody who's, um, you know, mid to late twenties and, and just getting started? Well, I want to, I want to thank Matt for, for the, you know, the kind words about the podcast first off and, and also just say to him in terms of inspiration, like, Essentially, what I want to say is the hard part is almost over because you made a decision. You said, like, this is my truth and I want to live my truth. And that's a that's a hard thing for people to do in life in general. A lot of people end up just living their life either scared or comfortable. I don't think I'm good enough to be an actor, so I'm just going to work this nine to five and, and, and that's it. Now, don't get me wrong that nine to five is beautiful. And we've talked about it on the podcast before. You can't tell me that someone who does brain surgery isn't an artist. It's not about what's, what's better or right or wrong. It's just about, like Matt said, living your truth. So in terms of practical, pragmatic next steps, I think Trevor's got it right for sure. In terms of finding a a community surrounding yourself by other driven people even if they're not actors if they're artists or of some kind or they're just really even if it's like a business person who's really good at if business or a marketing person is good at marketing 
all of these skills are skills that are necessary to be an actor anyway. So just surrounding yourself with with like-minded, leaderly, powerful people who are who are committed and, and committed out of their minds to, to doing whatever it takes. And then the other thing that I would say is uh, I was really taken by what James Dumont said in his in his interview about a dozen or so episodes back, where he said, you know, the job of an actor, because so much is based on type, like our, our type, what, what we look like, and, 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 and so much of this business is out of our control, um, the, the best thing that we can do is get better. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's how we put it. It's like our only job is to get better. So I would say that, you know, if, if, if it's something that, Matt, you've never done before or have done very little of, find classes and get better. And I'm not saying you have to spend a ton of money. A class could be finding a friend of yours who's a director or a... Uh, somebody who wants to be a filmmaker or something like that and getting a bunch of friends together to read scenes while you know that person puts you on camera or directs you or what have you as long as it's somebody that you trust whatever it is just get better consume books on acting we've mentioned several on the podcast you can probably go through our <laughs> our show notes and our picks of the week just get get better and that will ultimately open up doors for you on the uh, the sort of business side of things meaning booking things and and whatnot so that's that's what uh, that's a little you know advice from from james dumont but that's that would be my my big my big piece how about hell you yeah hell yeah no I, everything that you just said amen um i I think that's that's absolutely critical. Um, community's huge, and and finding people like yeah, like when you said, even just getting involved with business people, um, because you know it's show business, not not uh, whatever, not show player, you know, show, show hobby friends. <laughs> or anything like that. So I, that's absolutely critical. And um, just as far as um, concrete things that you'll need, um, I'm not sure. The good thing is San Diego is pretty close to LA. So if you, if you know, down the road, if you, when you do start building these relationships and and uh, building a reputation and getting some nice footage for yourself and things like that, you can probably do a dual market thing where you can possibly find rep- representation up here in LA and make the trek for the bigger auditions um, if necessary. So you're in a you're and, in a, and San Diego's San Diego's no slouch when it comes to the the business too oh, I mean, hell, yeah sure, sure there's a ton of commercials that are shot there and there's certainly a huge theater community yeah. I, I used to i used to make that drive from la down to san diego to go audition for for some some of the bigger theaters down there yeah la jolla playhouse has some great stuff that's a that's a well-known nationally uh-huh. recognized theater yeah la jolla um the old globe yeah um yeah there's there's a there's a big theater community down there. Yeah. So, so yeah, man. Um, I mean, classes, big one community, a big one. Um, and I would say to build that community, focus on the value that you can offer. I think a lot of people go through life just kind of going, what, what can you give me? What, what can I get from this? Where's, where's, 
what's my win in this? And I think that relationships are built the opposite way, where you approach everything with, what can I do for you? How can I help you level up? How can I help you get a step closer to your vision or your dream or, or whatever it is? How can I make your life easier? If you do that consistently, your, your relationships are bulletproof. And I know we've talked about this a lot on the show, but I just felt like it's important to reiterate here because community is going to be the biggest indicator of, I think, success. You ever notice that like you see these pictures or hear these stories of like Robert Duvall and Al Pacino and all these guys you know, from like a couple decades ago when they were just starting out, they were all like roommates or they were all hanging out together or they were, Mm -hmm. they were all in the same theater company. And like, it's, they all came from the same cluster of people. And that's not a coincidence. You know, it's, you get, you get the right people together and nothing can stop them. So I think that is, that is like number one, absolutely number one thing. But then on top of that classes, um, uh, my buddy Nathaniel, who is probably listening to this right now, what's up, dude? When we lived together, he would do Skype readings of plays with with friends around the country and the city, and I always thought that was really really cool. It's just a way to kind of like get a workout in, you know? Just everybody pull up a, a great play and let's get on Skype and just read it as if we were doing a staged reading somewhere. And I thought that was really cool. So that's another great kind of way to just kind of start to learn, uh, absorb. Uh, you know, dramatic structure and storytelling and the way it feels to speak a writer's words mm. as a character. Uh, mm-hmm. But then, it, you know, of course, you've got things like headshots that you'll need um, and you'll need um, footage. So get on whatever uh, casting entities are down in San Diego, whatever the equivalent of Actors Access or LA Casting or Now Casting is down there. Um, I think Now Casting might even be down there, just they'll have a different region. I'm not sure. But something like that, and, and just start submitting to student films and, and working with up-and-coming directors and writers and getting uh, some footage for yourself. And I know, Matt, that you said you, you're mostly interested in film, but I would definitely um, recommend looking into some theater as well, because I think theater, live theater is the best training you can get for, for anything. And, and it's just damn fun, too. Mm. and terrifying which is the best part um yeah so i would i would I'm not sure what the right word i'm looking for here is but like it's it's definitely something that uh that i think would be great so see if you can find a theater company or a, a playhouse or i don't know maybe it's a a short uh theater festival like they have these 48 hour film festivals and 48 hour theater festivals all the time if you can find something like that that'd be a great way to quickly build relationships as well as a body of work so that's my that's my response. I love it, and uh, you know this is just the tip of the iceberg. But thanks yeah. for thanks for calling it's a, in. It's, Matt. A, it's a big iceberg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a big iceberg. That's kind of the the whole podcast is built on that iceberg. Yeah, but uh, uh, if you have other questions, Matt, feel free to email the podcast and and also yeah, let me know uh, where you're at because I've got I've I don't really have connections. I just have a lot of uh, family down there, so I can sort of. If you're in the, a particular area of San Diego, I can I can point you to some theaters and some opportunities and stuff for you. So awesome. Um, we also got an email from a listener uh, by the name of Lauren. We're not going to go through the whole email, but uh, basically she was responding to Trevor's dispatch IAP dispatch from a few weeks ago, which has gotten a lot of response, Trev. So I I really feel like you hit a, a chord with people. Uh, I mean, you hit it with me. I, I responded right off the bat, and which is funny because it's 
it was, you know, I receive our newsletter and I hit reply to, to make sure that I responded to you specifically right away. So it even uh, struck a chord with me. And our listeners have responded left and right. We, it, Trevor's gotten a lot of emails and also posts on Facebook about it. So Lauren wanted to respond uh, to that as as well. And also in included in this email told us about a podcast that she is now doing that was inspired by our podcast, which is so cool. It's called The Act of Storytelling. We'll have a link to the SoundCloud on our website, but you can also just uh, do a search on iTunes. Just type in The Act of Storytelling and it will it will pop up there. They've got, I think, four episodes right now. They're doing it on a monthly basis and they've hit the nail right on the head, which is to say that the audio quality is fantastic, and thank goodness for that, because that is something that, as most of our listeners know, we have, what's the past tense of strive? Striven? Strove? Strived? Strove? Strove? We have, we have strivited to, to do on our podcast. So, kudos to you, Lauren, and to your friend, I think it's Nick. Uh, they are Australian, too, to boot, so you get to listen to a sexy accent on top of it. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, really well done. I, I um, Normally, I'm not going to lie, sometimes we get emails like this, or I get emails from other people, and they, you know, they tell me about things they're doing, and I'll just kind of like check it out for a minute or two, and I can tell if it's, if it's you know, if there's a lot of effort put into it, and then I kind of like move on, and then I say, ah, that's really good because you know we've all got stuff to do and it's not that i'm that i'm trying to like cheapen the experience it's just that like that's kind of all that's required to really give what they asked for uh which is typically like just what are my thoughts with this one i got sucked up i was like i was listening to it and i actually listened to the entire episode of uh i think it was episode three or four and i was like this is really really good and then and then i went up and started listening to another episode and so it's they're doing a really great thing over there. So if anybody listening would like to hear another side of this industry from another perspective and, a, and, a, and hear a really well done version of that, check out this podcast, the act of storytelling. Um, so honored that, uh, that we could be part of the creation, uh, of, of something like this. In fact, she uses the word Genesis a lot in her email. And I think that's really cool. So honored to be a part of the genesis of something like this. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So Lauren, awesome. thank you so much for letting us know, for sharing this with us and keep on cranking, man. It's, it's really awesome. And, uh, you're, you're expanding the community even, I would say. So kudos. Beautiful. All right. Well, uh, anything else before we, uh, roll into the interview? I think that, that about does it. All right. Awesome. So, this is part three of Trevor's interview with actor David Kagan. And enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side. I get a lot of people who come to me in their 50s who say, you know, I always wanted to do this or that, and I and I made this other choice, and I just am not happy, and i got to give this a try. i got to. Um, 
And, and you know, I, I'm thinking about one of those guys who, that is not the story that he came to me with. But uh, he had studied and he had done some little things, when he, but nothing major. But this is a guy who I told you about when we spoke. And uh, he uh, he's the hardest work. He's, he works harder at the business and is smarter. And I'd like to talk about that at some point, maybe if we have time or maybe another time. But about handling the business, mm. uh, which is mm. no easy task. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he drove... To New Orleans to audition for a part in an yeah, Oliver Stone movie. I remember you telling me this. And yeah. he got the part. He drove from L.A. to, to New, New Orleans, Orleans and back solely for the to, audition. To audition. That's right. And he got the part. Now he could have just as easily not gotten the part. But that's you know that's what he could do. That's where he is in his life. He had the freedom to do that. The whatever he had had another career that he you know, sure. ended and started this. But this is not like some guy who's super rich or anything like that, isn't that? You know, it was a big deal. Why didn't he put himself on tape? Uh, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I would say to you, you know, technology, <laughs> if I have a choice to get in, in the room with the human being over tape, I will choose it every time. Sure. And this is one of the problems in the business now. So what, what, you know, technology is great and technology is fun and I, I'm, a, I, I, I'm a geek that way and I love it all. But uh, so, Cassandra, you look, if you ever get to look at the breakdowns, you'll see no phone calls. Sometimes it'll say no phone calls and no emails. So what is an agent to do? Obviously cannot play by the rules. Obviously the business is about building relationships. I, I also wanted to say, it popped into my head because I was thinking about it. You know, the thing is, is that being rich, being successful, quote, as an actor, that is, means, and making a lot of money, it doesn't do it. That, that's the other thing that's really sad. A lot of people think, well, okay, once I get that, then I'll start living my life. I'll put my life on hold until then. So if that were true, if it made that made the difference, then Philip Seymour Hoffman would still be alive. Hmm. That's a terrible loss. It's a fine actor. Ter- very special actor. Never saw him do anything that wasn't surprising. I didn't, haven't liked everything he's done, uh, he did. But, but clearly, you know, he had all the money. He had everything. He was in the catbird seat. He, was an actor. Yeah. he had everything that any actor could dream of, of having. And it didn't, it didn't give him... A feeling of wholeness. Wanting wholeness. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Of wanting. I didn't want to say it. I don't want to characterize. Yeah. I don't want to. I, you know, I, I didn't know him, but obviously, you, you don't. You know, the issue of, of taking drugs and 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 then overdosing and and somebody. I did see an interview. Somebody said, "Oh, he was so great. I saw him a week before, and he said it really turned a corner." But you know, the taking substance abuse is about pain and. We all know what pain is, but and we all know somehow that that's not that's not the way that works of handling pain to do yeah. it that way, you know. And it's a, it's very sad, and it's not the first one. It was the director a few years ago, very successful director. Was he it and his brother, Jonathan Demme. No, I don't know about that. Ted, Ted Demme or one of those guys. No, a guy who jumped off a bridge. Oh. Um. His two I brothers, his brother's still that. alive. They're very, succe- they're very successful directors. He was a very successful director. Wow. Like, and he jumped off a bridge. 
You know, I, I read an interview with Robert Downey Jr. a few years ago. Uh, well, there's another example yeah. of a genius actor. A yeah. genius actor. See yeah. him as Charlie Chaplin. You go, oh, my God. I mean, I know, take nothing away from him. It's fun to watch him in these other movies, you know, the Transformer and all that stuff. But see him as an actor and go, holy cow. Yeah, he's... he's so you were saying, what's the, almost, you read this interview? Almost untouchable, but... Yeah. But um, he said... Some, and I'm going to paraphrase this and possibly butcher it, but <laughs> something along the lines of, you know, th- this industry and this art form seems to draw people to it that are exceptionally sensitive to the world and um, more in touch with their emotions than possibly other um, professions and industries and art forms. And so there's this this high that we get <laughs> as as actors and creative people when people see our work and when we connect with people in that very intimate way it's intimate absolutely you know and i've had this experience so many times you do a show and you get a standing ovation and you're on top of the world and then you go home and you sleep in your shitty little apartment and then next day you go to your shitty job and you're you're nobody again that's right and you know put that put those two things those that contrast together in the life of somebody who's so who's extremely sensitive and impressionable and you've kind of got a pre-built recipe for somebody who would fall victim to substance abuse and so he talks about it he talks about just like yeah like that for me was what it was was like i was i needed that high i needed that that thing all the time i couldn't handle the ups and downs and i thought god that if that isn't the just just true of everybody that i've ever spoken to about this yeah yeah yeah, and that and and so, not an excuse, of course. No, no, I, I wasn't going yeah, there. I, yeah. I didn't think of it that way. No, no, he's explaining. He's she's telling his truth. You know, I'm glad he did that. I'm glad yeah. he did that. But, uh, um, no, you know, it's it's not about a high. I, we, you know, there was the joke at the Academy Awards that Ellen DeGeneres made, right? Yeah. You know about that. About yeah. you know, I think. Uh, Angelina Jolie came out and said something, and this is why I do this. She was a, but she given an award for sort of a humanitarian award, uh-huh, or something like that. Yeah. And then, and you know, and this is what life's about. And you know, and, and I believe that, by the way. And I'm not. <laughs> there are a gajillion other people before me who said, you know, it, it really is about making a contribution, uh, feeling, finding out what your contribution is, and then making it as best you can, and and about um, really appreciating life. All the little things in life, yeah. All the little moments with people, um, and and those are the things that are so exquisite. For instance, with my wife, exquisite. Taking a walk, holding hands, uh, watching something—you know, something very tiny, something that's absolutely free that anybody could have—that's right there. That is exquisite. That is overwhelming, practically. That's what I experienced in terms of what makes life worth living. So, and Ellen, and then I don't know, something transpired and they talk about, well, you know, and of course there are people who just are so needy or whatever, need validation, something along those lines. Right. Wasn't it? And and then, and then she left the stage and Ellen Jenner sort of quipped. She said, yeah. And then there's the rest of us who are in show business, right? (laughs) You know, and every, and the whole audience laughed. And why do we laugh? Because we laugh in recognition. (laughs) Because we know it's true. Yeah. See, something's (laughs) fun, something that's really funny, not a cheap shot, 
Mm-hmm. I guess those are okay too, but not a cheap. Some really great humor, you know, is where we absolutely identify, which goes all the way back to like at least restoration comedy. Well, before mm-hmm. that, um, um, Sophocles, you know, uh, yeah, all these the guys who wrote these wonderful th- th- uh, satires about yeah. war and and yeah. uh, the women. Uh, Deciding how they're going to stop get men to stop yeah. fighting is by depriving them of sex. Yeah, and the men are all walking around with these in in the play these huge paper mache erections, <laughs> yeah, you know. Right. And I mean, this is you know how many thousand years ago? Yeah, but it's and it's so hysterical, primal. and we're laughing yeah. because we at, we go, what a great idea! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> you know, we get it. So on some level, we really get it. Yeah, uh, and that's what great humor is built on too. It's all very personal. It's we we get it. It registers with us. Um, you know, yeah, it's a wonderful journey. It's it's a wonderful journey, and uh, you know, if you're not on that journey, you're uh, you're missing out on something. And it doesn't matter whether you want to be an actor or anything else. I think it's a you're missing out on something. Yeah, I I'm I'm at a place where I think it's really our work as creative beings to cultivate a an awareness and a presence to those little things you know <laughs> yeah taking the walk and holding the hands just those little things it's like if we're not present to those moments then how could we possibly expect to be to be bringing our fullest truth to well and and to fill yourself up the thing is yeah, i say to people look my dad used to beat his head against the wall trying to get me to read i was a tv baby i grew up in the 50s i watched all the dumb Stuff that was on TV. The only difference was at least that stuff. Uh, uh, the stuff that I watched uh, usually had a moral to it. Yeah. And nowadays, it's about now it's just it's it's about it being and la- have a moral, being not moral, being you know appealing weird, to the lowest common yeah, denominator. Weird, weird, yeah, weird folks, you know. And of yeah. course, reality TV is the worst yeah. of it. It's like so I wouldn't didn't read, but now I do read. I they took me to museums all the time. Uh, I love art. I love dance. I love the arts. I also am fascinated by science. I'm reading a very interesting book right now about incredible scientific discoveries. Well, if you, uh, how many people I interview, I say, do you like to read? They say no. Uh, they want to. Uh, why do you want to be an actor? Uh, because it's fun. It is fun, but that's where they stop. That's it. That's it. And and yeah. and then you go well. That's not going to sustain you, trust me, because there's a lot of stuff about trying to be an actor that is anything but fun. Anything but fun. And how are you going to get through that? Are you just going to cut, you know, what's going to sustain you through when it's not fun? Yeah, there's a lot of other fun things you could be doing. And everything, you know, uh, comes back to this. So so you, you have to fill yourself up. You have to be somebody who has something to offer. Yeah. You know, some, yeah. some you know, and... and and whatever that is, whatever that is, yeah. that is you. You know, Steve Martin, who I've never been a huge fan of, but I admire his talent and his creativity more and more and more. I really do. And, you know, so, you know, he, he's offered something. You know, that, that's really been his. And he's really, he, when you watch a career over a long period of time, you watch somebody mature. You watch Paul Newman and HUD, and watch Paul Newman and Nobody's Fool, or or or, uh, uh, or the verdict. You watch Anthony Hopkins in Lion in Winter, and watch Anthony Hopkins in Noah, or The Remains of the Day, or Amistad. It's a different actor. It's a human being that's taken a journey, who's evolved, and and 
gee, without that, what? <laughs> gee, it's not. I mean, without that, what? You know, how satisfying can it all be? Yeah. You yeah. know, and 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 we already know we've got so many examples of you know. Whitney Houston and Philip Seymour Hoffman and, and and just so many people who have, when one or another, taken their own lives, ended their lives prematurely, and they had everything. Everything mm. that you would think. You'd think, yeah. And yeah. it doesn't do it. One thing we hear from a lot of our guests is um, that it's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. You get there and it's just like <laughs> the act of arriving is not nearly as satisfying as the act of creating. Mm. And uh, that really resonates with me and i hope much of our audience well so the thing is what do i see most that comes out here now you know how many hundreds of people arrive every week in los angeles how many hundred i can't imagine or thousands i don't know there's a hundred thousand people in the screen actors guild sag after sag after and then there's many more than that who are not in the union who want to be you can't turn around without bumping into somebody who says i'm an actor a director a screenwriter a producer whatever they say it it's a word does it mean anything? Well, we'll see. Right. And and so over and over and over again. And people can talk the talk. God, I have people come to me and they talk the talk. And then they do the same sad, foolish thing that, that, that a lot of... They go down that same road. You know, they they want the shortcut, the instant. And, you know, I want the shortcut too. I'm impatient too. I, I said I'm no different than everybody else. But... You know, it happens when it happens, and you got to do the work. And so this whole thing, what do people want? They'll call me up and they'll say, do you do workshops? Do you do casting director workshops? Do, now, you, I, do you host them, you mean? Yeah, do you host them. Okay. And, I, and you know, I have on my website a document from the state of California. The state of California and, the, and SAG-AFTRA, or certain prominent people in SAG-AFTRA, have been trying to end casting director workshops for some time, unsuccessfully, and they probably never will. <clears throat> and there was a, yeah, you said it. <laughs> That's how I feel, too. <laughs> and um, the, the problem is, first of all, it's a relatively new phenomenon. I don't know, 10, 15 years, maybe longer. I don't know. But it used to be you'd have a general meeting with a casting director where somebody could, where yeah. what they did is they had a sense of who you were, what your essence was, who you uniquely are at that point in that meeting and how you handle yourself. And, you know, and, and also... I guess kind of how evolved you are. You can be very young and still be very evolved. It's a hard thing to describe, but but somebody who has an openness and a and a, and a, and a sincerity and a, and a and a thirst and and a, you know and a humility and you know you know and, and 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 not putting on a show. Yeah. So so, Catherine Director workshops is you know what you'll do is you'll hear an opinion. First of all, it's a terrible environment. Especially the ones that are group, where there's 30 people who are all thinking, "Look at me! Look at me! Look at me!" No, yeah. no, look at me! No, 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 look at me! No, 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 look at me! So that's and a, they're all watching your scene. That's a horrible yeah. environment to to perform in front of or be part of. Yeah, it, it it makes it brings the worst out of each of us. And and then it's like I have never heard of anyone having a career breakthrough from a from a casting director workshop. Never. Uh, somebody tell me, great, I'll start making a list. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not aware of that. And and um, and they get very confused because good casting director workshops, casting directors will tell you that they're not teachers. 
they'll tell you that. And they'll say, I'm just expressing my opinion or something from my experience. I think now they have to say that by law. <clears throat> well, yes, but I mean, in other words, so, but, but the uninitiated, the, the person who is looking for rules. Yeah. Tell me the rule. What do I do? Xerox machine. Right. First thing, plug in the machine. Second thing, turn on the power. Third thing, put the paper down on the glass face down. Fourth thing, put the number of copies. Fifth thing, press the start button. It's that it's Xerox machine acting. And it ain't, you know, it's like you don't you you don't go to the movies to see Xerox machine acting. Hmm. Not one of those kids goes to the movies to see Xerox machine acting. So why would you think that it would be why is somebody going to pay, pay you $20 million or $10,000 or $1,000? Pretend that you wrote that script. Pretend that it's you're the director of that script. Hmm. Pretend that you're the producer. Start to think about how long it takes to get something written, funded, to the place where you're in the room casting it, that you have a director, that you have the money. Think what that process is. Think that it's yours. You wrote it or you're directing it. Are you going to hire somebody mm. who's just like cute? Right. Somebody who's could have, I don't know, somebody who's just a wannabe? Yeah. No, no. You're going to hire somebody. Your, your butt is on the line. Your ass is on the line. And that opportunity may not come, up, come along again in some, for some time. Yeah. And, uh, and you're going to do everything you can to try to ensure the success. And yet, if everybody were so darn brilliant in the entertainment industry, how come there's so many flops? <laughs> how, come, how come there's so many shows that don't go or so many movies that are flopping? And, and, you know, I have thoughts about that, but, but nevertheless, it's hard. Yeah. I think people want to work with people that are going to make them look good. Absolutely. And so if you go in there and surprise them... <clears throat> And you do, you know, you laugh when your buddy gets shot. Uh, that's unexpectedly human. Well, Kelsey Grammer mentioned something, and I use him because people won't believe me necessarily, see? Because who the hell am I, right? So Kelsey Grammer says, uh, he's just in this uh, interview, he said, you know, he said, they don't know what they want until they see it. And this is the very thing I've been telling my yeah. students for years. They don't, they're, they're, there's no formulas. you got to got to stop thinking in formulaic ways or rules or anybody anybody can pick up a script and say oh this is an angry line this is a sarcastic line here's the joke here's a, you know anybody can do that and it it's just not going to be thrilling exciting mm -hmm. you know really get your attention yeah yeah really be nurturing really be fun really be fun yeah really make you laugh yeah really make you fall out of your seat yeah. You know, there have been things that I've gone to over the years that have, I've practically fallen out of the, my seat in the theater, you know, uh -huh. and that's nothing better. You know, something that makes me laugh that really catches me by surprise. Yeah. You know, that you just never would expect. And, never and, and would expect. It's, yeah, I love that. But we have two questions we like to kind okay. of ask all our guests. They always get really <laughs> interesting responses. And the first question is, do you feel like this this career path? Uh, first as an actor and now as a as a well-known and well-respected acting teacher. Do you, do you feel like it chose you or do you feel like you chose it? As far as the uh, the teaching goes, 
I, I, I was in New York, and there was so much about New York that we never got to talk about, and how I, I got started and all I that, know, unfortunately. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, and how I knocked on doors and finally just said, just sit down and talk to me. Why don't you talk to me? Anyway, you know, I, I got a job uh, in regional theater, and three days into rehearsal, and this was a regional theater connected with Syracuse University, and the head of the department, who was then Arthur Storch, who's no longer alive, but Broadway director, he said, how would you like to come up here and teach and act and direct? And I thought I'd died and gone to heaven when he said that. And I said, absolutely, and whatever. Okay, so the, the fast, fast forward to the night before my first class. And I'm in Syracuse, and I'm in bed, and I can't sleep, and I'm terrified. And I'm thinking, i got to go to Arthur tomorrow morning and tell him, I'm so sorry. I've made this terrible mistake. I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, I didn't do that. I went to my class. And in less than 30 seconds in my class, I felt completely at home. That doesn't mean I don't feel challenged as a teacher. And I always wonder, am I going to be able to help this person today? Because there's so much holding on. You know, people hold on so much. So that's about the teaching. So I don't know. You know, most actors that you see who are not the big stars do do something else to make a living, to support themselves. I always loved trying to figure out how to help people do it better. And uh, so, you know, that's the best answer I can give. Did it choose me? I don't know. It's sort of maybe a, a combination. The two circumstances led me to make certain choices. And, and those choices were really great for me. And, and in terms of acting, um, you know, again, I, 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 I did play football in, in high school and, and, and did well at it. Uh, um, not right away, but but did really well at it eventually. And uh, I also played uh, piano, and I went to Juilliard as a high school student. And this was something that I really enjoyed doing, and real it was deeply satisfying and very interesting to me. And of course, my dad, who I idolized, did it, and I went to the theater a lot. And and I the combination of being able to make some kind of contribution or make people laugh, and then the validation from my classmates in junior high school, for God's sakes, which is really tough. It was a place where I could shine and and find my my place in the sun. And but but it 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 really was always it was a lot more than that for me. Uh, you know it. it um, the plays, the things, the project, the things that I be, could be part of. Even going back to sixth grade when I played the American flag, you know, it, it was. There are things I want to say. Obviously, you can tell that you haven't gotten a lot of chance to talk, and I've talked a lot. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the way it but be right I now. like to. I understand. Yeah, but in other yeah. words, I do like to figure things out, and I like to communicate. Try mm. to communicate, and I'm passionate about it, and I like to try to share it with somebody in a, in a way that will inspire them and help them to yeah. break out. Yeah. You know, to break out of their shell, to really become who they were meant to be. So acting was that for me. It was very political for me. It was very political, and I don't mean just politics, but the social aspect of it, about how we should treat one another as human beings, mm. and, and mm. about right and wrong, and about fair and justice, and fairness and unkindness, and kindness. And you know, there are movies that make me cry every time I watch them, like On the Waterfront, because it's something a film that's close to my heart, as well as the beauty of his performance as troubled as he was yeah as a human being yeah wow okay that's beautiful um the second question we like to ask our guests as well is and and i i feel like 
I've received five or six versions of this answer throughout our chat, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> if you could take all your experience, all everything from the journey, the victories, the the mistakes, the pitfalls, the missteps, everything, if you could distill it all into one little nugget of advice to pass on to somebody who's uh, on this journey as well, what would that nugget of advice that you would pass on be? Be open-minded. It's okay not to know. It's necessary to acknowledge when you don't know and do the footwork. Do that most of the time on a long-term basis and do it because you love it, not because you're trying to get approval, acknowledgement, money, and fame. Do it for you because it's good for you because it's what you need to do. Wow. Awesome. David, thank you so much for taking the time to come uh, out to the West Side and sit down with us. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, your studio, um, connect with you online and things like that, where can they go? Well, the, the website is davidkagan.com, and Kagan is K-A-G-E-N. And the phone number is on the website. It's 818-783-5300. We speak to everybody personally. I meet with people. I'm probably the only teacher in L.A. who does this. Everybody who is seriously interested in studying at our school, I meet with them for an hour and a half and work on them with a scene and lay out exactly what we teach and talk to them about what they did in their scene that I worked on with them and what we're going to work on first if they decide they want to study with us. So I, I, I do that because I, I, want, um, I want that one-on-one -on -one so that they can just tell the truth about where they're at and we can really get down to brass tacks. And then when they start the class, they can hit the ground running. So that, that is how to reach me. And I have a Twitter page, a film acting class, and I have a blog and, you know, all those things. And uh, everything we do is on camera. And, and yeah, that's, so that's how they could reach me. Great. And the Twitter and the blog and all that stuff is linked on they're your website? They're all linked, yeah, okay. to the Great. homepage, yeah. We'll make sure we stick uh, links to that on our oh, on our page in the episode notes for this show. Thanks. Uh, David, again, thank you so much. This has been really fascinating. I've never talked so long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a talker, but I, I realized that I never gave you a chance, practically. Oh, no. It was, but I hope it was helpful. I hope absolutely. it was helpful that it made sense to people. Uh, and I hope it'll help at least some people from uh, from making the same foolish mistakes that, unfortunately, that so many people make. Because, you know, I have people who come to me and they're quite young and they're in the best shot at, at getting somewhere. And then they keep doing what they were doing when they came to me and they just can't take the chance. They're just not, it's just too scary. They're just not ready. And then they come back to me when they're 28 or 29 or whatever. And by then, it can be too late. I'm, I get older actors. This guy I told you who drove to New Orleans is, is, is in his late 50s or early 60s now. So it doesn't mean that's not a rule, but I'm just saying, when is it easiest? Why mess around? Why, you know, try to make as few of the mistakes as possible? And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just yeah. hoping that I can get through to some people that they, that they give themselves the best shot. Not the lowest common denominator, not the cheapest shot, not the easiest shot, but which, forget it, it's not how it works for anybody in any profession, but the best shot. And 
and then it'll be really satisfying. And then you can sleep at night. You know, then mm. you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I've grown as a person. I am proud of what I've done, and 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 this has been a, a good journey, and it's enriched me, and uh, I feel good about it. <laughs> I can die happy. <laughs> I didn't go that far. <laughs> right, right, right. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, David. This has been awesome. Great, great. Thank you. Pleasure. Hey, guys. Welcome back to The Bookends. <laughs> Hopefully, you enjoyed the final part of Trevor's interview with Mr. Kagan, and we have a really exciting guest coming up for next week, but um, we'll save that for later. <laughs> save that for like five minutes from now. Yeah. So stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned for five minutes. All right. Um, I'm, I'm going to do my pick of the week first because I know what your pick of the week is, and it's so much like deeper than mine. <laughs> Okay. Well, let's hear your I, I, superficial pick of the week then. I'm going to do my superficial pick of the week, and then you can do your super deep, beautiful pick of the week. Okay. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> so funny. I, I actually hesitated. I didn't know if I wanted to do this because it seems so self-focused, like but at the same time, it's something that everyone has access to because it's on the internet. And number two, it's something that I am not only really proud of, but have never, ever, ever had an opportunity to be a, a part of. So my pick of the week is the Heather's cast recording. And the reason it is my pick of the week is because it is now available for pre-order on Amazon. So you can actually pre-order the album. It comes out, I think, on June 16th or 17th. I'm so freaking excited. I can't believe that, you know, this is something that I get to, I don't know, listen to, to experience, to be a part of. We'll put a link on our website to it, but it's, uh, yeah, like I said, it's available available for pre-order on Amazon.com, and holy crap, I don't know, I'm just so excited. I'm so 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 excited dude i have the biggest smile on my face right now you have you how cool is this man you're on a cast album that's coming out on every major music retailer pretty it's just so cool i I just yeah it'll be on it'll be on itunes when it drops yeah june 17th but oh my god i'm so freaking happy for you you know it's funny thank you it's funny when you when you click on it it says it has that section where it says frequently bought together and it has uh, if then which is on broadway right now and bridges of madison county which by the way i don't know if, for those of you who follow me on social media jasmine and i went to see bridges of madison county which is by one of my favorite composers jason robert brown and we wept it was so beautiful and it is unfortunately it got its closing notice so it will be closing on Broadway, though they will be doing a national tour. And if you enjoy musicals and you enjoy Jason Robert Brown, I would I would suggest actually picking those up together. It's it's cool. it's really beautiful. Anyway, so that's my pick, my my, my superficial pick. <laughs> that's great. And you haven't heard any of it, so you this will be like a first listen for you when it comes out. Oh yeah, uh, Larry O'Keefe, who's the composer, brought in some unmixed 
record like an unmixed recording. So it was basically just the raw audio thrown uh-huh. together. And even that sounded epic. And it was it was really interesting because one of our producers was there and he said something to me. He said, you know, you guys don't hear this every night. You hear it through the crappy monitors on stage where it's not really even mixed. It's just a mix that allows you to hear what you need to hear so that you can perform. Out in the house, we're listening to this ridiculous, amazing wall of sound. Hmm. And that's what's going to come across on the album. And I was like, man, that is so cool. I So... It'll be when I listen to it. It will be almost like listening to the show for the first time ever. Yeah, that is so cool, man. So I'm actually very another reason for me to be excited. And so. when does this come out again? June seventeenth. Oh my god! So like a month. Sweet. Yep. Oh, so exciting. <laughs> okay, you just <laughs> squeed. You I squeed. squeed. I squealed. I squealed oh, like a pig. Okay, and and and. Uh, uh, I'm going to ask the question even in a deep tone. Okay. Trevor, what is your pick of the week, my friend? Uh, well, if you can hear me over the chatter of this cat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the cat is experiencing the pain, buddy. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so my pick of the week is The Power of Now by uh, Eckhart Tolle. Yes. Is that how you say it? Yes. Um, yeah, such a deep, profound and simple book it's it's for those of you who aren't familiar with Eckhart Tolle he's kind of a spiritual um teacher kind of figure guy he's he's um he's, he was he had a big thing with Oprah for a while like he, he and Oprah were kind of like Oprah right now is really kind of deep with uh Deepak Chopra and they do this meditation series every so often and and there's a, a big kind of push from the Oprah side of things for this kind of work, which is just being quiet with yourself and getting to know the sort of part of you that watches everything, the kind of quiet, peaceful, still, serene, blissful part of you that can witness your thoughts and witness all the chatter in your head and just be apart from it. And, you know, he says it really well in the beginning of this book. Uh, He says, basically, he was in bed, just laying in bed, staring at the ceiling one day, and he was just really just not happy in his life. And he thought to himself... I, I don't know if I can live with myself. And then he had a moment where he was like, wait, what does that mean? That that must mean <laughs> that there's two of me in here. Like, what does it mean that I can't live with myself? Like, and so then he started this journey where he just started to just cultivate uh, the, the, the watcher, so to speak, which is the, the part of you that just, like I just said, kind of witnesses everything that goes on in your head, witnesses your ego mind, witnesses what he calls your pain body, which is a lot of the negative emotional tendencies we tend to attach to things and judgments and whatnot. And so this book is the noodle bake in the most, in the fullest sense of the phrase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was telling you before we started recording, like it, you know, some books you read and you're like, Oh, I want to underline that part. I want to highlight that part. And, um, I want to underline and highlight this entire book. Mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding. I'm, I've go pages where I'm like, I would underline this whole page and this whole page and this whole page. <laughs> and I was also telling you that it's, it's one of those books like this book awareness that I read a couple years ago, awareness by Anthony DeMello. It's another total noodle bake of a book. But after I would read a couple pages of that book, I, I would just want to take a nap. I would just need to like <laughs> it just soak up the, the density and the, and the profoundness of what I had just read. And this book is very much the same way. I, I can only really do like 10, 15 pages at a time before I'm like, okay, 
I need to wrap my head around this because this is a completely new paradigm. It's it's fantastic. I can't say enough about it. This is one of those books with a uh, with a crossover in that Trevor and I have both read it, and I I second everything that Trevor said. It, it was it was a really mind blowing experience, and it put me in touch with things in my own brain and in my experience of the world and of humanity in in a completely different way and made me so aware of the way that I operate from time to time and the way that humanity operates from time to time and really put put me in touch with uh, I, I don't know it, it gave me this sense of of understanding and knowing and relationship with other people whether it's somebody that I'm very close with or a complete stranger that I, I haven't really ever um, experienced before. It kind of goes back to my pick of the week a couple episodes ago with uh, uh, Humans of New York yeah. where it's just like you don't know what someone's story is when you you know pass them on the street for instance you don't know what they're experiencing and what they're going through and what this book is all about is that really doesn't matter because all you have is this moment. Yeah. And, and so it's just about how you relate and what you give of yourself in, in this, in this moment. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Yeah. It's really, really fantastic. And I had actually read his other book, which I think in some ways is sort of a sequel to this book. His other book is called the new earth. And I read it years ago, right after my, um, stepmom passed away. And it was exactly what I needed at, at the time. And now I'm coming back. And, and while it's not, the idea is not new, this book, just the way he communicates it is, is um, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful book. And um, it, it feels like essential reading. If you're a human being, you need to be exposed to these ideas. Hmm. And if you're an artist, a creative person of any, time, of any kind, absolutely. Yeah. Like required reading. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have a link to that on our website. So pick it up. Awesome. Yeah. Or get it from the library because libraries are awesome. Yes. Libraries free. I think it's yes. like eight bucks on, on Kindle, but you yeah. might as well, uh, you know, if you have your library card, you can actually get Kindle books these days. Yeah. They have pretty like a T suite. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and we got a listener pick of the week and this one comes in through a voicemail. How cool is that? And this is a really cool pick of the week uh, and something that I've been meaning to watch for a long time, and this might send me right over the edge. So take a listen. Hi, guys. It's Alicia Seaton. I'm calling from Los Angeles. I was calling with a listener's pick, and probably know you guys have already had this on the show because it's so good, but I would not be surprised if you haven't. But it's a TV show. I was inspired to recommend it after I heard you guys talk about Sherlock because Sherlock and this show are my two favorites. It's a Canadian TV show called Slings and Arrows. It only has three seasons. It's amazing. It's about a theater company. Each season kind of follows a Shakespearean play, and it's funny, and it's emotional, and it's beautiful, and if you're an actor, it's it's like crack but if it, but anybody would enjoy it so um, I want to so check it out guys let me think um, if you can't get it right up there for listeners but anyway thanks again thanks for all the info on the podcast bye 
Awesome. Well, if that's not a glowing testament <laughs> or a review, I don't know what is. I, I can't yeah. wait to see that. Thank you for um, calling in with that, Alicia. Yeah, I'm pretty sure after I got this voicemail, I think I went uh, double check to make sure that it's on uh, it's on Netflix, and I think I think it is. But awesome. I've been, I've just heard so much about it from so many different people. I guess because I just have a lot of actors in my life, everybody always raves about it. Basically, so. I'm excited to, to finally watch it. So thanks for the listener pick. Yeah, totally. So we have a few people we wanted to thank also. In fact, you should thank them because you yeah, saw them this week. We, yeah, before we jump into our patron of the week, I just want to uh, give a shout out to uh, Deborah Smith and Stefan Goldbach, who both uh, attended Heather's this week on the same night, actually. And neither one of them knew that. That wasn't a planned thing, but it was very cool having two inside acting listeners in the audience on at the same time so our patron of the week this week is uh, a gentleman named tom burt we've mentioned him a few times in the show because he's just been so great about um supporting us um specifically uh, as a patron and as uh also a one-time donor a few uh, i think a few times and um he's also been great about just you know responding to some tweets that we've sent out and he's emailed us a few times and just seems like a really great guy um and i just want the world to know about what he's up to so he's our patron of the week again his name's tom burt he's an actor and singer and he's very passionate about drama and musical theater um he's definitely a student of the craft and on his blurb in the on the patron page he talks about you know voraciously consuming stanislavski and shirtliff and meisner and and really anybody any playwright or teacher out there that he could kind of wrap his brain around um so uh, a good person to just, I think, have on your radar and whose radar you should be on. <laughs> so, nice to say. Yeah, uh, nice and his links are on, uh, on the, blur- the Patreon page as well as in our show notes uh, and w- will also be in the dispatch this week as well. So um, if you're not subscribed to our email dispatch, hop on over to our website and subscribe and you shall receive the goodness every week as well. And, uh, and if yeah. you're not a patron, you can become one at the website as well. And then you can be on the episode and on the newsletter and on the website, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. How about that? How Love about it. them apples? <laughs> How about them apples? <laughs> Sweet, man. So um, next week we got a really exciting guest. We sat down with Kevin Sorbo, and he's going to be uh, our, our guest over the next two weeks. So make sure you guys stick around for uh, those interviews. It was so cool to sit down with... Uh, with Hercules. With Hercules. <laughs> and somebody who really has a really, like, he just, you know, he's a businessman and he is driven and he's got integrity and morals and he's worked hard for his success and he's had a lot of challenges along the way and he still came through and he's a good actor. And I, I really can't say enough about what kind of guy he is. So thank you, Jen, for, uh, for making that happen and for everything you do for the podcast. Thank you big thank you to Cesar Camino our technical producer and of course all of our patrons I think that's I think that's it for uh, for this week uh, be sure to check us out on all of the internets Facebook, Twitter iTunes and our website insideactingpodcast.com we're loving the voicemail love we're loving the email love so keep those coming awesome alright for episode 143 I'm your co-host, Trevor Algott. And I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, find your tithe.
This episode of Inside Acting has been brought to you in part by Rehearsal 2, the app for actors. Want to learn your lines fast? Be off book for auditions? Explore your character and make stronger choices? There's an app for that. Rehearsal 2. Download it now at rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. That's rehearsaltheapp.com slash download.